0: Oh my, that NFL draft is approaching so quickly, and we are jonesing for football. We are jonesing for the NFL draft. I am Bill Jones, joined by Cody Winstead from the NFL Network, who's going to be very, very busy, already has been busy, preparing for the draft as a producer for all those NFL draft shows on the NFL Network. My big green notebook is filling up by the hour. We, and look at all that. Look at all that. It's just chock full of information there, young Cody. And we've got some big things to get into today because it gets uh, more and more interesting every single day,
1: doesn't it? Oh, you know it. Bill Jones, this is like our Super Bowl. For us, draft nuts, this is what we get into. We're two weeks from the big day, less than two weeks from the big day uh tons yeah. of questions let, let, let me let me say this uh yeah.
0: my wife last
1: night said when is this draft <laughs> <laughs> <There you laughs>
0: she's get, she's getting so tired of me with my big green notebook just writing down notes looking at it, videos and all this stuff i mean it's
1: you're probably taking consuming. it to dinner like at the dinner table you've got a couple iPads yep. going she's
0: decided she, she's decided to go out of town with friends next weekend
1: and so man I'm going to be so much in the lab next weekend. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. You're watching like Uh, Darius Tony highlights over lunch. That's
0: probably it. No, I'll be, I'll be deep in the draft. I'll be in the third day people by next weekend, you know, because we're, we, we're digging through this. We're digging in the gold mine here. The, the uh, green notebook, trying to find third day wonders
1: uh, by then. Um, All right. I've got a few sleepers that I've already started, so we'll have some stuff up for next week ready to roll. But Bill Jones on this episode of Jonesing for football, we're gonna do some compelling questions. Um, we know it starts with the Niners at three. There's a ton of compelling questions. Falcons at four, the quarterbacks, everyone's debating those guys. There are a couple teams with multiple first round picks, Jags, Dolphins, Jets. So much intrigue bill jones give me a compelling question and then i've got one a couple myself all right uh here is a number one compelling
0: question that i have okay of the top tier quarterbacks those five quarterbacks that have been mentioned going in the top 10 which will be the last quarterback taken in this draft what do you think cody
1: if you know that, then you kind of figure out um, how the top ten is going to go, right? You, get, you so, get the whole Rubik's cube figured out, right? That's exactly right. I think we're okay. We're so going Trevor to...
0: Lawrence is first. Yeah. Okay. We're agreed. Zach Wilson is second to the Jets. Yep. Now the third pick is San Francisco. Obviously, it's a quarterback, and so which court you, we figure that one out. Then you're down to the last two. Yep. So my my the end question is going to be which will be the last quarterback taken. Sure. But to get there, you kind of have to figure out San Francisco. Yep. Right? Yep. Who is it? Who
1: are you picking? Who's going to be the last QB? What's your guess?
0: You know, and after Justin Fields had his pro day this past week, a second pro day this past week, and the Niners have a presence there, then the scuttle starts that oh no, they're going with Fields instead of Mac Jones. I think that I think they, they're going Mac Jones, I think but I can, I can be swayed differently. What do you think?
1: I actually think they're going to go Justin Fields. Um, I think he's going to go number three and that will leave the Falcons at number four as kind of the intriguing pick and does uh, Atlanta go quarterback or do they uh, look for a trade? Maybe Denver moves up. And again, we've talked about these teams, new England, Chicago, Washington, um, possibly moving up to number four to get um, the fourth quarterback. And then that leaves, like you mentioned, your big question who goes last? I know who it is. I already know who's going last. Oh, you do? I know which you QB do? of the big five is going last. I have no right. doubt. Would you like to tell the rest of the class? Sure. I can't. I have no doubt Trey Lance is going to be the fifth quarterback. Uh I, here and uh, I concur. I, I think so too. I knew or I thought that would be the case. Uh when I watched the tape of Trey Lance, he's just he he seems like a good prospect. Uh he's still young though, he's 20. I don't know how you could be uh sure enough in Trey Lance to say this is a guy I'm taking in the top 10. To me, he's a mid to late. Uh, first rounder at best and maybe next year if he comes back he could you know prove that he's a top five pick So,
0: so your recommendation to him right now is to go back and play go join your North Dakota State team and try again next year
1: I just think from a team standpoint how can you tell your owner hey we're certain about this guy when I just don't think the resume is there for... No
0: way. I mean, he's thrown 318 passes in his collegiate career. That's his entire career consists of 318 passes. I'm looking at this going, where is this coming from? I think this is a classic case. I mean, you can see the potential there. To me, he looks a lot like Dak Prescott. Yeah. And Dak Prescott was a fourth-round draft pick. And Dak Prescott, if we redid the draft, Dak Prescott would be right there at the top of the draft. But we didn't know that when Dak Prescott came out, we don't know that about Trey Lance. And so any GM who stands on the table and tells his owner, this is the guy we need to take. He's got to be very sure about his abilities to uh, predict the future with, with a quarterback.
1: Right. There's too much uncertainty in my eyes. And if you go back and watch the only game he played this season we've talked about this uh, on previous editions it was borderline brutal throwing the football and you kind of give him a little bit of leeway because it was the first game of the season and he had new receivers but they were playing central arkansas and he's missing guys left and right and i'm not to say and i'm not saying Next week, the following week, he wouldn't have been better. And the following month, he wouldn't have been better had they been able to play games. But just from a, a tape standpoint, I, I mean, it's it's obvious to me that Trey should be the last of the five. Hey, and
0: let me say this, the comparison with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had, even though Lance had the championship season, uh, is one year that he played that the fcs level Dak prescott had a lot more skins on the wall as a collegiate quarterback than what trey lance has a lot more experience and the other thing the thing that prescott has that people didn't realize that he had was a work ethic and ability ability to improve in the passing game and and work on his footwork and so forth to the point that now he he has improved as a his accuracy as a passer and so if trey lance has that about him where he has that kind of work the same kind of work ethic that Dak Prescott has then he can become that type of quarterback but we don't know that the other part of it is that sets Dak apart is his leadership and and we I don't know that about Trey Lance he may be a, a great leader uh you know may he seems to be a very mature guy whatever but i mean Dak is off the charts as far as leadership goes
1: yeah all right compelling question number 2 what do you got all right I have this one Bill Jones. Uh the question is which team is going to end up with the biggest matchup nightmare in the draft. And that guy is Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. We've been doing these Jonesing for footballs for about going on a month now and we haven't really mentioned Kyle Pitts. So here we go. 66 six, 245 Ran a 4 4 4 at the Gators Pro Day, 33 and a half inch vertical, 10 9 broad jump, 22 bench reps, freak of nature. Um, And I thought this was maybe the most impressive measurement. Saw this from Pro Football Focus. Pitts has a longer wingspan than any wide receiver or tight end in the NFL. In the last 20 years it's 80 almost 84 inch wingspan how about that uh his time at florida was spectacular unanimous all-american winner of the mackey award which goes to the top tight end and so i think this guy is uh basically the next travis kelsey george kittle darren waller if not better than these guys it seems like most mock drafts have him at Cincinnati at number five, Miami six, Detroit seven. Those all seem to make some good sense there, um, and especially with the quarterbacks that those teams have. Bill Jones, I don't think it's a stretch to say Kyle Pitts could save Tua to Tungabai his career, or he could get to his career going in the right direction. One dude like this that could change the trajectory of an offense. Joe Burrow needs somebody like him as well. Jared Goff definitely in Detroit needs someone. So I think Kyle Pitts, whoever gets him is going to be in really good shape. And like I said, he might single-handedly change the trajectory of a team's offense.
0: You know, I did a uh, Zoom uh, with Dane Brugler uh this past week. And I, you know, that one of the debates in Dallas is because Jerry Jones apparently has come out and said that he loves Kyle Pitts. And one of the debates here in Dallas is would Jerry Jones take at number 10 Kyle Pitts if he were available uh, an offensive player when there's so many needs on defense. And Dave stopped me in my tracks and I said, I'll I'll answer that question real simply. He ain't getting to 10. (laughs) He's not going to be there at 10. And so I'm sitting here going, if people are talking about this is a future Hall of Famer, Dane's got him as the second-ranked player on his board behind Trevor Lawrence, and so many people have him ranked that high, is he getting to five? What about Atlanta at four? The, The decision that Atlanta makes, and now they'll be fielding perhaps some trade offers as well, but if he can do that for Cincinnati's offense, if he can do that for Miami's offense, What about for Matt Ryan in Atlanta when you look at their depth chart at tight end with Hayden Hurst and Jaden Graham and Lee Smith, who they signed in free agency or came over to trade from Buffalo this offseason? I mean, Kyle Pitts in that offense, you talk about changing an offense, it might change the fortunes of the Atlanta Falcons right there.
1: For sure. And even when Julio, let's say Julio Jones, who's been a terrific player of probably a Hall of Famer, um, he's got another year or two probably at an elite level. And then it'll be Kyle Pitts and it'll be Calvin Ridley from there uh, in Atlanta. So, that so, makes- so to answer your question, how are we answering the question? I'm answering
0: Atlanta. Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts unless they trade out. And if they trade out, they're not going – all right, I should come back on that. If they're taking Kyle Pitts, they're taking Kyle Pitts. If they think Kyle Pitts is that good that they're going to take him, then they're not going to wait wait around unless Cincinnati's trading up, unless they got the next pick. <laughs> but
1: they but do they're the, not going to trade with Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, move up Cincinnati probably
0: once. Huh?
1: They do the Chicago Bears and move up one they spot. They do one spot. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> uh, I say he's going to Miami at number six. And then listen to this. Let's say he, let's say Pitts goes to Miami. They've got Mike Gusecki, who's a nice tight end already. They've got Devonte Parker, who's a, I think an underrated receiver. I believe they added Will Fuller in free agency. They as did, well. they did. And then you add yep. Kyle Pitts. Okay. Tua, uh, pressures on you Tua You're such right a there, Tua guy. Devin. You're, yeah. you're wanting, this is wishful thinking, uh,
0: Cody was so much on the Tua bandwagon last year. He was his guy, and so as Cody puts his little mock draft together, he's he's finagling it here to make sure that Tua has as many weapons as possible. I see where you're going with this.
1: Well, I think it's I think it just makes sense because the Dolphins are a team on the rise, and they had an elite quarterback right now. You would look at Miami as a Super Bowl contender. So the question for them is can Tua play or not give him all the weapons and you find out this season and you're probably moving on from Tua if he, if he can't play next year.
0: But if Kyle Pitts is what he, everyone says he is, then he can do the same for Matt Ryan at Atlanta and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, which pick ahead of uh, Miami. All Uh, right. We got another compelling question coming at you. Here comes the next compelling question. What do you think, young Cody, is the deepest position group in this draft? The deepest position group. Obviously, there are more wide receivers taken every year, more cornerbacks taken every year. But as far as real quality goes, let's say in the top 100 picks or so, which position group do you think is the deepest
1: for what we ordinarily see out of that position group? You mentioned it. I think it's wide receiver. And I'm with you that wide receivers, uh, especially recently, there tend to be a lot of them going off the board because they're having early success. And obviously teams are going three and four wideouts all the time now. Uh, but this year I think is special. We know Jamar Chase, we know Waddle, we know Devontae Smith. Those guys are all possible top 10 picks. But there are a bunch of other guys in the first round that people really aren't talking about and we probably should. Rondale Moore, you know I love Rondale Moore. Talked about him. Uh, your boy, Kadarius Tony. The rapper, Young Joka, <laughs> uh, Elijah Moore from uh, Old Miss. I I have some intel on him. He he ran a four three five. They they think he should be really good. Uh, I went to Rashad Bateman's pro day. He's from Minnesota. He's going to be a top one hundred pick. Uh, he was pretty impressive. The guy, Bill Jones, quickly. I want to talk about Terrace Marshall from LSU. LSU. Yeah, he's kind of getting overlooked, I think. This guy was the top wide out in the country coming uh, out of high school, stayed put in Louisiana, and he was kind of, like I said, that forgotten guy among Jefferson and Chase, and Marshall was right there as well when when Joe Burrow and the Tigers won that title in 19. Uh, All three of those receivers had over 10 touchdowns. Marshall had 13 in one year in this past season. Uh, he let him in receiving uh, before he opted out. He's a big dude, 6'2", 205. And he ran a 4.38 at the 40 and had a 39 vertical. So I think um, Terrence Marshall is a guy that should be talked about more and just part of this really impressive wide receiver group this year. I know you feel a little bit differently as far as depositions. Which uh which do you think is the deepest this year?
0: Yeah, and, and I, I'm with you on uh wide receivers, but I I think that that you see that virtually every year with wide receivers. There's so many good wide receivers. And the the reason that I I thought of the question is it just just the the position group, I'm gonna pick linebacker. And I don't think you'd normally see the quality of linebackers that we're seeing in this year's class. Uh, And linebacker has become with all the sub packages and so forth. I think a more important position, you know, 10 years ago, take for instance, as Sean Lee, he was taken in 2010. He was the 55th player taken in the draft that year. I think there was one linebacker. That was taken in the first round that year and and Lee was about the next inside linebacker, either a a Mike linebacker or a will linebacker that were taken. That's not taking into account the three, four outside backers. I don't include that. I I look at them as edge rushers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you look at guys who can play the middle, the will or in sub packages, I mean, just starting with Micah Parsons and his athletic ability. Uh, there are some other off-the-field concerns that might drop him down. We'll see whether the teams have to check that stuff out. I've talked about Zaven Collins out of Tulsa, how much I like him, and his pos- position versatility could be an edge rusher as well. Jer- Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is another first-rounder, probably mid-first-round uh, guy from, from Notre Dame. Uh, but Nick, Nick Bolton from Missouri, what a what a linebacker he is. Okay, the question on him is: Is he a three-down linebacker in sub packages? How is how is he defending the pass? As far as being able to dissect a run play and close it, reading, reacting, shedding blocks, getting to the to the point of attack. Uh, I mean, Nick Bolton is at the head of the class here. The guy from Kentucky who uh, so many people are talking about is now being a uh, first-round draft pick. Uh, you know, he, this guy from an athletic standpoint, probably not there with Parsons because Parsons is just incredible the way, he, uh, he jumps off the tape. But, uh, when you look at Jamin and what he is able to do as far as, uh, and where he's come in his career, the improvement and the upside that he has, uh, Chaz Surratt from North Carolina is another one. There are guys like Jabril Cox from LSU, uh, you know, I, I'm just filling up my notebook with with linebackers here, and uh, not to say there. Were, I think there could be four that go in the first round, which would be remarkable for the linebacker class. But I think even in the top fifty or sixty picks, and again, the the guy from Kentucky, Jamin Davis,
1: is the guy that that is
0: climbing as fast as anybody on the charts.
1: Yep, uh, we we talked about him a little bit. I, he wasn't on my radar at all, and then I was checking Daniel Jeremiah's rankings, and he was like. 25 i think he went from like almost out of the rankings into t- 25 and that's what happens when you put up a monster numbers Yeah, jeremiah's got
0: him 24
1: he's 24. got him the third ranked yeah. linebacker
0: 24 uh, brugler's got him 36 um and again it's it's how do you value the linebacker position how do how do these guys fit into your scheme that plays a big factor in it and I think what's going to be interesting on the linebackers, because there are so many that are pretty uh, pretty good quality here, will there be a run on linebackers earlier than usual? Or will teams say, hey, I can wait on the linebacker because there's a bunch of other ones that I, they have ranked in the top
1: 100? Yeah, it's interesting draft philosophy. Some teams um, take linebackers high, like the Cowboys, you know, in recent years with Jalen and Leighton Vanderash. And then there's other teams like where I am in Philadelphia. They don't even take linebackers in the first three rounds. And I think that's a big problem in Philly. They, they really talk wide receivers and defensive backs here, but their their linebackers have been weak for a couple years now. And that's really been, I think, uh, an issue for their defense. So um, it's always interesting to see how teams value the linebacker position. And, and you make a good point with that. All right. One more compelling question. Give me another compelling question. Yep. I'm going to take a quick college perspective here for you, Bill Jones. The question is, will we see the ultimate tide takeover on Thursday, day one of the NFL draft? Uh, We know Alabama has been the most dominant college football program in the country recently, six national titles in their last 12 years and We're going to see a dominant performance by Alabama players on day one of this draft, uh, and it could be historic. According to Daniel Jeremiah, seven of his top 42 players are from Bama, so we could see as many as seven first-rounders, which would be the most ever selected by uh, one school in the first round. The record is six by Miami. That was in 2004. And I was thinking about it. If this happens, they get six or seven first rounders. That would further the statement made by Mac Jones after the national championship game when he said this. I think we're the best team to ever play. I mean, there's no team that will ever play uh, SEC schedule like that again. But I think you just have to give credit where credit's due. So originally when I heard the quote from Mac, I said, you know what? This guy's crazy. There's no way this Bama team is the greatest ever. But then I did a little research, and he actually may be on to something here. Bama scored 49 points a game, second in the country. They allowed 19 a game. So they, they outscored their opponents by an average of almost 30 a game. Only one game was decided by 14 or fewer. That was Florida in the SEC title game. How about this, Bill Jones? In their two playoff games, they played uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Alabama ran 138 plays. 55 of them were for first downs. 40% of their offensive plays (laughs) in the playoff got them a first down. And they smoked Ohio State and Notre Dame score-wise 83 to 38. And I thought this was interesting. Bama didn't have more than one turnover in any game this season. So this Bama team may so be well, the greatest team of all time. I think they should be in the discussion. So why was then there
0: so much consternation when it came out that Kyle Shanahan is thinking about taking Mac Jones, the quarterback of that team, with the third pick of the draft?
1: Well, I think because Mac is surrounded by a ton of amazing players. He might be the worst out of all these top draft picks. So we know Jalen Waddell is going in the first round. Devontae Smith is. Patrick Sertain is. Najee Harris, I think we would agree that he's going. Najee is. No, I think Najee's Running going. Running back, I Running think back. He's going. I th- I okay. don't think there's any doubt. He goes in the okay.
0: first time. I, okay. Okay.
1: Mac Jones, we talked about. It. So okay. that's five. Yeah. Landon Dickerson,
0: even with his ACL, apparently he's got a good, clean bill of health coming off the ACL. As you saw him do the somersaults during Mac Jones'
1: interview, then you yep. see that he looks to be coming along well in his rehab. There's yep. six. And Christian Barmore, he's 42 in Daniel Jeremiah's rankings. So I got another one. I got another one. Who? How about Alex Leatherwood, that tackle? That's right. Leatherwood is a possibility. I didn't even include him. Um, Dylan Moses is a a highly rated player. I don't think he's a first-rounder, but he's a good player. He's Um, another one of those linebackers. Yep, exactly. So they could have – there are seven or eight guys here in the mix that could be first-rounders. Uh, If they get seven, would be the record for most ever. So uh, get ready to hear a lot of Roll Tide on Thursday of the draft.
0: All right. Well, I think this was a very nice edition with some compelling questions on jonesing for football. And I can't wait for the next edition when we will talk about...
1: We're doing pick your player, Bill Jones. We're uh, coming up with a game here. Pick your player. We're doing offensive guys. We've got a couple quarterbacks, a couple receivers, a couple offensive linemen. Bill Jones will pick which guy he likes over the other. It'll be compelling. Trust me. All
0: right. I say we do pick your player offense. And then in the next episode, we do pick your player defense. What do you think of that?
1: I like where your head's at there. Let's do that. (laughs) Let me write that down. All
0: right. See if you can remember that. All right.
1: And we will talk
0: at you next time here on Jonesing for Football.